0: Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. This episode is with the incredible, legendary Richard Rudd. And of course, Richard Rudd is the founder of the incredible work, The Gene Keys. If you have not heard of The Gene Keys, it is an interesting type of, uh, what would you even call this? You can't call the Gene Keys really a typography like the color code or human design or uh, wealth code or some of these other uh, Myers-Briggs and these other personality typologies that really focus on you as an individual human being from whatever perspective and measurement um, kind of utility that they're using. This is not really the same thing, although Gene Keys was born out of human design originally. And, uh, you know, Richard Rudd really is the best person to explain this. And this is the third, no, wait, wait. This is the fourth interview that I've done with Richard in the last few years. If you go back to episode 119, 118 or 19, I think is our first episode. So we go deep into the Gene Keys. We did our second episode, 132, I think, and then I did a special three-way interview with him and another very good friend, another mystic wizard, Nick Good. a three-way with the three of us. Um, That was uh, episode 160-something. I don't know. Look it up. You'll find it. Anyways, so this is episode four, incredible interview. And uh, we dive deep into really what is going on in this world right now from a person or what am I gonna say, what a, from a spiritual perspective and a number of other things, and also from a gene key perspective, and I was surprised how unfazed Richard was about all this stuff COVID-19, the coronavirus, the the mass lockdowns going on all around the world. Richard seemed to be very unfazed and unsurprised about all this, and we had a great, great conversation. I think you're going to really, really enjoy it. Before we get into that, I just want to share the show sponsor, Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an incredible superfood plant concentrate nutraceutical supplement line that a very good friend of mine, Mr. Archer Love, he is the formulator, the founder, and really the, the kind of mad scientist behind this brand. This is a company that I just really have seen from the bottom up, literally from eight to nine years ago. I've seen Archer take this company from literally nothing to something quite extraordinary they focus on a series of different products whether it is shilajit which is a different it's a type of mineral pitch resin that is used in the ayurvedic medicinal system something that is very very powerful for restoring kind of uh, exhaustion weakened adrenals willpower, um and it's also used for remineralizing the human body. Um, different products that are related to something called ORMIS, orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. Those are, let's just call those a different octave of the periodic table of minerals that all of us kind of are familiar with, like magnesium, manganese, calcium, iron, zinc, um, you know, all the, all the, the hydrogen, iodine, oxygen, all of the, the the micro and macro minerals, um, trace and and, and uh, major minerals that we're all familiar with, Ormus minerals are similar and dissimilar at the same time. I think they're essential minerals as well. And we don't really find those in our soil matrix um, nowadays. So that's a whole deep dive. I'm not going to go into it right now. But this company was founded with the understanding of Ormus and they've branched off into a lot of other things: medicinal mushrooms, bee products, um, like I mentioned, shilajit, different type of herbal products, omega three fatty acids, um, detoxification products, um, stress reduction as well. A lot of great stuff. I don't want to yip and yap too much here. I just want you to go to nowalchemy.com, and if you resonate with any of the products. And you want to give anything a try, use my coupon code human potential. Coupon code human potential, all one word. You're going to get a nice little discount. And go to Instagram, look up Now Alchemy, look up Archer Love, send him, send him a message, let him know that you heard about Now Alchemy through the Ronnie Landis podcast show. And I'm sure that would make his day. And that certainly would make my day as well. So, hope you enjoy the products, and I also hope you enjoy this episode with none other than the legendary Richard Rudd. Greetings and aloha, everybody out there. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, formerly known as the Holistic Human Optimization Show. Uh, those are both one and the same. We'll, we don't need to get into that at the moment, though. Um, As you know, if you're listening to this, whether Facebook Live or particularly on the podcast platform, I've been doing a special COVID-19 pandemic perceptual crisis interview series with some of the greatest minds that I've been able to pull together and particularly people that I've interviewed. Um, And in some cases, I've interviewed two or three times in the past for the official podcast We had a completely different plan before all this happened with the podcast, but I really wanted to make it a point to serve people and support people exactly where they're at, where we're all at, which is we're in this shared experience right now. Most likely, we're in our homes and we're just navigating the waters of turbulence and uncertainty. And um, that's why I really wanted to bring some incredible minds that I greatly admire and respect to help us provide insight and perspective that can help us thrive through these times. So with that said, I have one of those individuals on with me. This individual is Richard Rudd. He is the, really the founder, the creator, the, the conduit for the famous work, The Gene Keys. And I've interviewed him three times, twice individually, and we had a, th- a third really interesting episode with another friend, uh, Nick Good, so if you haven't heard those, please go back over those um, after this conversation. But this is a unique one. Uh, we're both sitting in a situation we did not expect as we, you know, you and I, Richard, we just kind of came on here and just started laughing at the just, I don't know, the irony or just the the obviousness of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever this is, um, which is also what I want to get your perspective on. What do you feel this is? That's obviously a question up in the air for people. Um, you know, psychologically, emotionally, and particularly spiritually. And I think you have a spiritual perspective that is very unique, and probably many others. So, without further ado, Richard, welcome back on. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Ronnie. It's great to be here, and looking forward to talking to you.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, let's like let's just jump right in. So, um, you know, it's it's almost difficult to know exactly what. How to start or what question to ask? So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with this. What is your pulse right now? We've obviously been in this like quarantine situation for about a month now, as a global community. Um, as a global community, for the first time in our humanity's history that I'm aware of, we are all having a synonymous experience. Um, generally speaking, obviously everyone's having an individual experience, which is dramatically different. Um, where you live, where you're at, different laws and policies, different governing agencies, domestic situations that are different from your neighbor next to you. Maybe you're in a a relationship that actually maybe is not serving you and now it's getting amplified. Whatever the case is, it's a very strange time to say the least. So Richard, can you just lead us into maybe your perspective on you know, just what I said and what, what, what kind of is coming coming up for you right now?
1: Yeah, sure. Um well, you know, I, I'm not as surprised as some people. Um because you know, as you know, I I I'm the founder of the Gene Key System and um it's a big synthesis and I wrote this great big book back in twenty two thousand nine and um called The Gene Keys. And uh when I wrote that book I was, you know, I was kind of blown away because I got, I was right in the middle of it. And uh, the gene keys are these 64 codes of consciousness upon which the universe is built. So it's a universal code for for everything, basically. And um, anyway, I came to this one gene key, there's one code, uh, uh, the 55th one, and I wasn't doing them in order, I was doing them intuitively. And when I came to write that one, it just kind of it was like opening up an envelope each one of these opened up an envelope and then it kind of just exploded that particular one and um contained in it inside it as a a transmission of wisdom, which is what the gene keys are um, was this prophecy you know <laughs> and it was more than just a it wasn't like this is going to happen it was like this prophetic um imprint that then kind of breathed itself into the entire work so the so that one expanded out is like five times the length of all the others as i wrote the book and and um and and then it breathed itself into all my works and all the things i've been doing ever since and it speaks of this time that we're living in as the great change and so i have been speaking about this for some time. And I think we spoke about it when in our past interviews, um, because it's a part of everything that I'm involved with and everything that the, the world is currently going through. Um, it was just a matter of like, how is this going to be triggered? You know, cause it was already, there already, um, signs and tremors and, and, you know that there's something big coming there's an anticipation in the air that um we can't keep living like this and in fact if you look at if you ask any systems analyst who really understands any you know has a has a global view of systems generally how systems operate they will tell you that um the the growth of of consciousness in any system moves through these phases and one of the phases is that when Um, life proliferates or it over proliferates, then there's always a mechanism built into the system that causes a cutback or a dieback, you know, so that there has to be in order for the system to transcend itself and move to another level or dimension in terms of evolution, there has to be this, this built in program that kind of creates the decline in a way of the old structure in order that, the next dimension can come through. And that's sort of, I mean, that's imprinted in life anyway, isn't it? Because we see it in nature. And um, if we look at our evolution as a species, then oh, we see it uh, again. We look, you can look back a long way, you can see how um, hominids have like evolved. And what's interesting, what geneticists now know, and evolutionary geneticists, is that the biggest shifts in terms of the consciousness of life as we know it on this planet always come suddenly you know it's just one of those things like 80 percent of mutations in dna have arrived suddenly like there's there's a whole hypothesis called the the red queen hypothesis Mm -hmm. and it's based on this process like yes things change gradually over long periods of time but the biggest things happen quickly. (laughs) And so that's like a
0: quantum leap. Yeah,
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and so most shifts happen suddenly, whether it's an asteroid impact creating it or it's some natural event that, you know, that's how life kind of makes its breakthroughs and breakdowns. So in a way we are in the process of the big, I would say at the beginning, of one of those events of which I call the Mm -hmm. great change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it's like, we're just at the very beginning of it really. So what we're seeing now is it's probably just, you know, the early, you know, it's it's maybe the first veil being removed. If you can imagine maybe there's seven veils, you know, Mm. (laughs) like this is the first veil being pulled off our reality. Mm -hmm. and others will come off but it's like as the as the first veil is removed we're we're given some time for the theater to play out for the drama to play out for us to kind of experience well what happens when when that veil is removed over reality and we're faced with you know who we are really and what we've done and how far we've come and all of that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's that's where we've got to. We've got to that stage of the beginning of the removing of the veils over reality.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's extremely eloquent and very, very well put. And, um, so with that, and to that point, um, I, I find, well, there's a lot that I find interesting. One of the things that I've found very interesting and, um, has caused me to go down a number of, you know, I have my own passport to the rabbit holes, right? I I got my own passport, my frequent flyer miles. I'm no stranger to these, to the bottomless rabbit holes. I've been predisposed to it for a long time. But one of the things that I was very, I guess you could just say it's interesting when this whole virus scenario arose and then you saw just the, the, um, the escalation of everything ramping up with with social distancing, all these policies, all this this whole kind of reality being shifted so dramatically, all of a sudden on the internet, there's a voluminous amount of information that, let's just call call it conspiratorial information, but very specific information coming from so many different areas, all arising at the same time. Now, we don't have to go into the information itself. I just want to talk about the phenomenon itself because the timing is uncanny. And, um, you know, and, and again, I'm not going to, I don't need to go into the information or go into that particular, that particular aspect. I just want to bring up this aspect that you talked about, which is the veil, the, the veil number one, if we're going to use that model, that's a pretty interesting model. Um, veil number one coming up and then kind of shaking up the fish tank and the muck, Kind of coming up and in, in showing us how dirty the water really was um, underneath the, the picture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's exactly what we're seeing. You know, <clears throat> I mean, you, you know, I take the kind of global. I mean, the the cosmic view, because um, the 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 work I do with gene keys is about patterns, and so. I look at these great sweeping patterns and I'm a lover of patterns in terms of looking at the fractal patterns of evolution. And uh, I could, you can look at lots of different ways where you can track patterns. And um, yeah, one of them that I really enjoy is the from the Indian Vedas, you know, this idea of the Yugas, these great spans of time, these rounds, these evolutionary rounds. And, one of the things that happens in in the in those understandings is that when you when 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 civil when a civilization shifts from one entire epoch to another there's always some kind of cataclysmic shift the change and and the other thing that comes is that you can never fully envisage what's coming you know it, it's a break with the continuity of what has been so everything we are conjecturing now, you know, whether it's a conspiracy of this, that or the other, we are looking from this worldview at something that we can't possibly imagine. This is why in on, in 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 all my works and stuff and on my books and things, you see this little symbol of the little dragonfly and the dragonfly is a lovely symbol. Uh, I think I've told that before in one of the interviews that, you know, the life of the dragonfly is a perfect metaphor for where we are now because the dragonfly lives underwater for two or three years where it's a very successful predator. And then after two or three years living as a predator, it one day does something completely out of character that it's never done before. It climbs a stalk of grass or a reed out of the water environment where it lives and into the sunlight and the fresh air. And it's never done that before. And as it's clinging to this stalk of grass, the sun starts to work on it and it starts to create this mutation that's been hiding inside it. And then, the, and then the back opens up and it cracks and it splits open and then the thorax uncurls and the wings slowly unfurl. And it's the water element that actually creates this process. So it's the water inside its body that creates a hydraulic pressure that opens and unfurls the wings. And then there's this new creature like sitting there on a reed and then a puff of wind comes along and it's it's takes to the air so it moves from an underwater predator to this iridescent incredible creature of the air you know, that has no resemblance to the previous life and it didn't know that that was inside it you know it just surrendered and it happened and so i think it's a great metaphor because w- from where we sit we cannot envisage where we're going and i think that's 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 really important it's like the great change we don't really know how it's going to happen we just know it is happening and that humanity itself is about to kind of give birth to a new new type of itself a new mutation in its in its actual dna Um, So we're changing from the inside, you know, we, we kind of think it's on the outside. We think it's all on the outside, but the outside is just a reflection of what is changing on the inside. So we're shifting from the inside. That's the most important thing is in our DNA. That's why this, my system is called Gene Keys because it's like, it's in our DNA. It's moving from the inside and then the outside just reflects it. So you can focus on what's going on out there and it could be very frightening to do that. But if you focus on what's going on inside you, inside who you are, then you come into contact with the real truth, with the real essence of these times. And I just want to say that it's all very easy for me to say all these things. And I'm really aware that out in the world, there's a huge amount of suffering going on. There always has been, actually but we're much more aware of it than we've ever been before. Right. And we're much more aware of our acute fear of death than we ever have been before as a whole species, mm-hmm. because we are kind of, we're reacting to that fear, you know, and we're right to in one level because we're humans and we should, you know, we, sh- we should be trying our best to help people who are suffering, of course. And, and yet, so we have to hold both these poles one, people are really suffering and there are heroes and heroines out there doing that incredible work, helping those and those people who are suffering are being heroic as well. And all the, you know, Mm. that everything is like, it's intense. And on the other side, there's this spiritual rebirth. So this is very human and a very spiritual aspect. And we have to hold both those poles. That's a real, that's a real edge. Mm -hmm. You know, for anyone who's kind of in this process of awakening, like holding that edge, it's like the the dragonfly up the stalk, you know, it's like it's clinging on to the old way. yeah. And as it's clinging on this, this new part is being born at the same time. And we have and and you have to kind of honor both sides. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Extremely well put that that lands really well. And that brings up a number of things, but I'll, I'll digress from a few of them. But the one thing you said that I think is really pertinent is this this principle of the- the the holographic mirror, right and it's it's an interesting thing to bring up because in in more spiritual, metaphysicalized circles and conversations, this is a very common thing, even the observer effect from quantum physics. these ideas and concepts um in times of comfort let's say basically any time prior to this one um meant you know I don't even go down the rabbit hole all the times that have been slightly uncomfortable as a civilization we can name many but let's just say before this thing happened and people's fear and threat detection was triggered to the degree that it is now um a lot of these ideas were more concepts right for a lot of people but now is the time where these ideas the spiritual principles all the, 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 the fruits of the labor, whether that was all the medicine ceremony somebody did. I know for myself, I'm kind of like, okay, what was the value of all that now? Where are, where are the abilities, the wisdom, the talents that was gained from all that work? Where is it now? Because now is where it counts. Where is my belief system at right now? because now it's time to really see the value of my philosophy. In other words, it's time to see the value of all the work and research that I've been doing up to this point in real time when, um, when it's most needed. So I, I just wanted to, to share that, get your thoughts on that as well. But this idea that our reaction, our internal reaction and response is actually where we need to place our attention. And it's, and it's, it's, whatever we're seeing and whatever we're, we're interpreting from the world out there is actually a mirror to let us know where we really are internally at this moment.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think, um, the other element to this is, um, when some, again, looking at it from a systems perspective, when some, a new, you know, a new form is being born out of an old form. Then there's a huge amount of letting go and surrendering of fear. You know, so you know, so there's a there's a big transformational process for us as individuals, as relationships, families, communities, and as a whole humanity, as societies. Um, there's a there's transformation in every one of those levels of the hologram. But of course, it starts with us as an individual, you know and I'm like you, I'm sitting at home right now, um surrounded by my family, you know, and I've got two teenagers at home, you know a little bit kind of confused and you know a bit bored and lost and frustrated and all of those things and you know so I'm like handling that as best I can as a as a father and supporting them mm-hmm. and carrying on doing what i what I'm doing um but i it it is it's very challenging it, it you know this this time tests our metal you know it tests like how embodied we are in these higher spiritual concepts that many of us have been exploring for decades maybe and uh, so it is it's a really good test of like how much can you live it you know how can you hold these poles inside you of like yes there's suffering and yes there's something amazing being born in this and and there's trauma you know inside us there's trauma inside every one of us and and a and a trigger event like this will tend to bring up some of the layers of that trauma you know um i don't know for me sometimes it'll come up in the night you know or early in the morning and it just sort of rises up and there's there it is in the in the body and then you kind of have to just love yourself through it or parent yourself through it and 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 you know do your practices that allow you to transmute it and then it will transmute it will you know um if you're doing your practices, whatever they are, whether they're meditation or prayer or, you know, the yoga or whatever, whatever techniques you have developed over time, and uh, in Jinkies, I offer many, um, but it's above all, it's the, mem- it's the kind of, most important is the reassurance that we give ourselves, like, like this is safe, mm-hmm. even if it feels unsafe, mm-hmm. this is safe to feel this, it's, it's even safe to feel yeah. fear. Yeah. Which yeah. I, th- I know seems like a paradox, mm-hmm. like, but tell you, you know, it's like, if you're listening to this and you feel fear or trauma coming up, tell yourself this fear is safe, you know, and that, that sentence alone can really enable you to allow that fear to move through your system to allow the trauma to pass through instead of get stuck. Right. And in a, in a cause then you get into a kind of mind, you know, a minefield, you know, or a mind loop where you you're kind of feeling trapped or you feel anxious anxiety builds in the system. And, you know, so that, mo- that's the most important thing. I would say I, I keep reiterating this because people like, really, really important is to be gentle with ourselves at this period, you know, because if trauma is coming up in us, it's like from our childhood, you know fears deep fears from our childhood from maybe very early childhood often is the case um, mm-hmm. and these these patterns get triggered in us because there's an there's a there's a there's threat there's the threat outside of insecurity and that's when those things get triggered so it's really important to parent ourselves like a little you know there's a little baby inside us that just is like reacting and if we can mm-hmm. really gently hold ourselves and be patient those feelings will move through. Mm-hmm. They will shift. Mm-hmm. It won't take longer than a day in most cases. And then we'll, and, and in many cases, quite a lot less, you know, it depends on how compassionate we we are with ourselves and, and then it shifts. And then I don't know if you experienced that at, in this period, but
0: oh yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. So I think it's the same for many of us. And of course it also builds pressure in relationships. It can, that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah. If we're, you know, it it puts. That, so I mean, the the if you can be gentle with yourself as an individual, then and compassionate towards yourself and forgiving towards yourself, that is going to already change all your relationships for the better. So whatever mm-hmm. tension would have built out of that fear or trauma, you've disabled it. You've dismantled it because you've you've been able to kind of parent yourself. So that's the real, that's an incredible teaching, I think. Mm,
0: uh, yes. Yeah. And that, that, that actually brings up something, another perspective I'd like to get from you. Um, so I can definitely attest to that in my own personal experience, navigating all this, there was a good period for, I would say at least seven to eight days. I was, I was spelunking into the bottomless rabbit holes, like, like, I was in it. My, my I like put off a lot of the other things in my life, even making money when I really needed to actually focus on that. And that's just where my energy was going. And I knew that I was going through some kind of process and I just need to allow myself to do that. And, that, and that's fine. Um, however, there was a point where I, I realized that I had gone far down. I, it became disproportionate with my actual life, what's actually going on in my immediate reality and I need to make a strong pivot um, to get back to balance and actually to start helping people because that's ultimately what I realized. Like I need to actually, I need to shift my energy so I can, I can help people get centered and get grounded in, in whatever way I can be of service at the moment. And uh, shortly after that, I noticed I woke up one morning and this kind of density and heaviness that was on me just felt like it lifted. It just spontaneously lifted. This was about eight days ago or so. And it breathed a new sense of life into me, a new sense of motivation, clarity, drive, um, even kind of this physical energy, mental focus. And I felt like I was sober all of a sudden, you know, from this end, the left or the right or this agenda, that agenda, this story, that story. I just felt very centered. And... um and so that that's that that's just a personal experience. I've, I'm curious how many people out there have had a similar experience of feeling this just li- liftment, just this lifting happen, not based on us necessarily enforcing it, because that can that just creates more more density, right? When we try to force our way through something that's that's happening one way or another. Um, It just kind of it was like grace. It's that thing you speak about in that particular audio that you have that meditation audio that's all on grace. It was that exact experience, except it wasn't just me seeing a bird flickering in the wind and having a moment. It was a it was a a physical and existential experience that has not that has not stopped. And so I, 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 I think I'm bringing that up to get to this, this little point in the conversation, which is My experience and many other people's experience is that we are being thrusted into into an integration process with our highest self. That's that's one way I'm that I'm 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 kind of phrasing it. Um, Our our virtues are are the things that we truly value. In other words, our priorities. And for some of us, that's leadership, right? That's really stepping out on the front lines and providing a voice and leadership and guidance and going against the consensus norm in a lot of cases and what's being projected and pushed out there and creating a lot of fear and pandemic in people's minds really kind of like going against that narrative and trying to bring a new narrative to the collective and so i guess my question with that said is that you know this balance between like like the way that i experience richard it's like it's like a ferocious fierce like warrior it warrior like energy it's like being on the front lines of a battle right that's sometimes how i experience it but then there's also tempering it with compassion right this this kind of like oscillation so it's not just pure you know getting into this craze or anything like but there's like like what are your thoughts and feelings for people such as myself that are feeling that that warrior energy coming alive but also you know, having the sense of grace and compassion coupled with it.
1: Yeah, I think you said it really well, Ronnie. Um, It's, um, you know, one of the, I've written an article about um, thriving in turbulent times. And it's, um, in that article, one of the things I say at the end is, it's like, um, there's this figure of the dervish, you know, the dervish, the whirling dervishes from Turkey. And the dervish is this kind of ecstatic warrior. And the dervish kind of welcomes, the dervish comes alive in times of tr- crisis, right? So that we each have this character inside us, this dervish, this, uh, this, this being that, is, that can respond to crisis creatively. Instead of you know, being the one that kind of ex- contracts, the dervish expands when chaos comes. You know, they're the ones that go out to meet the whirlwind, if you know what I mean. So the whirlwind comes and instead of like withdrawing indoors, they go out into it and they open yeah. and they expand. Yeah. yeah, And then, and of course the dervish spins, you know, that's their thing It's like they go into the spin and they surrender to the spin of the, of the, of what appears to be chaos. Right. And then in the spin, they find the center and they, and they remain absolutely crystal clear and calm. Um, and so I think you're right. Like, this is a great time for people not to contract overly, you know, but to to gently expand in a creative way. How can we respond to this creatively? Because many of us, for instance, are dealing with very real um concerns and fears about livelihood and you know how we're we gonna make our income so that we can support ourselves and our families, you know, in the next, you know, years ahead. Um and you know, so there are many ways that we can actually reinvent ourselves. And, you know, like you said, like you can respond creatively and then you feel empowered rather than disempowered. You know, mm-hmm. you're no longer a victim. There's always some mm-hmm. some edge. You can find there's some place mm-hmm. that you can reinvent some aspect of yourself, something that's been like, you, you know, you've shelved it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could bring that bring those parts alive again or learn new skills and, you know, and make the most of this time in a way. I mean, I, I kind of, I've already been saying that, you know, when this time comes to an end, which it will, um, then we'll look back on it and we'll, you know, you're either going to say, well, you know, whether that okay or you're going to say, well, that was the time I came alive. That was the time that I learned this and this, and I did this and I was reborn you know, and a whole new thing came out of me. So that's the potential for this time for anyone. If you really, if you can be the dervish, if you can step into the storm, instead of caving in to the fear. Um, and there's a lot of fear out there, obviously. Um, and, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, those in fear need, you know, they need to be kind of very gently held. You know, the, you know the, and, and, and kind of given the, given that kind of gentle leadership in a way. Mm, and mm, so I think mm. that people who are watching this, many people who are watching this probably already have learned the skills to help those who are less fortunate or who have more fear in their system. Mm, mm. And so there's a responsibility in us in a way to kind of rise up and help those more in need you know, and that's a great use of this time of, of our energy.
0: Mm, That's, that's very well put. And that's exactly, that's exactly how I and uh, and many other people feel. I'm sure, obviously you're, you're the one sharing that. I'm sure you feel you've, I'm sure you have felt, I don't want to say feel as if this is the only instance. This is, you're a little further ahead of me on the, on the, in this particular incarnation. So I assume, and I know that even with a work like *The Gene Keys* coming through, I would assume that that was an evolutionary pulse or, or or catalyst, right? From whatever whatever spawned and triggered that, right? I've had many things in my life that have triggered awakenings and triggered creativity and triggered the the producing of some great form of art but a lot of those came from pain a lot of those came from you know that that, the the sacred wound right where the light comes in right that that i think that's a that's a very valuable insight right now for a lot of us and and you you brought this up and i just want to reiterate this this thing about trauma is so important because that that's exactly what i see when i go on facebook and I see the the extraordinary amount of bipolar behavior, or or um, or I should say bipartisan type of behavior is a more accurate. World, right? The, the the politicalizing of something that has really very little to do with politics, although that is a that is part of let's just say an agenda or part of a show, you use the word theater. So I think that's an appropriate way to describe that whole thing, right? It's just, it's a show, it's a theater, it's its cameras, lights, action. And uh, who knows what, <laughs> where that's going other than just getting your attention, right? Just trying to get your attention, keep your attention. You know, it's, it's, it's the same old thing, right? So right now we're, we're, I think we're being given the opportunity to feel our way through uncertainty versus um, versus trying to watch a show or watch other people try to give us give us direction, give us their their little thing because they don't know. No, no one knows. No one knows exactly where this is going. It's an individual feel your way through. And I, I like, and um, I'm throwing a lot of stuff out there, but I, I really like how you said this is an opportunity because that's exactly how I feel, Richard. I feel like this, I feel like this is the opportunity. This is the, the thing that so many people look forward to when they thought of 2012 and Terrence McKenna talked about 2012 and the time wave zero and all that. And, and I feel like this is exactly what he was talking about and um maybe i don 't know if if it's if it 's of interest to you in this moment in in your particular perspective, uh not that I want to talk about two thousand and twelve per se, but you know what i 'm talking about. you know the whole the whole spiritual community and in the whole anticipation up to that and i 'm curious, based on what i 'm saying and in the parallel between two thousand and twelve and now what we 're literally experiencing and uh in the shift that that most likely did actually occur in 2012 but w- it didn't happen in a way that like arrested our attention like this is
1: yeah absolutely well <clears throat> if you uh you know the the, the system i use GeneKeys, um is it's incredibly accurate in terms of and it's one of the most sophisticated you know tracking systems um it's a little bit similar to some of the Mayan systems because it's based on the 64 matrix. And the 64 matrix, of course, is, is the genetic matrix, which has 64 you know codons. And we also see it in, in many different places in nature. So we see it through the, the eight octaves of musical scale. We see it in architecture. We see it in the architecture of life, phi ratio. And in, in many places, we see the 64-fold geometry. And so it's a really accurate way. Obviously, it's caught from the Chinese I Ching, and Jinkies uh, is, is based on that 64 matrix. And so when you track these big universal patterns through this matrix, you can see um, like the patterns shifting in these in these decades. Like particularly in 1987, you know, which the Mayans called the harmonic convergence. That was one the first the first of three. Um, gear shifts in this period. And, you know, the second one was 2012, as you said. Um, and that was the kind of mid one, uh, which I call melodic resonance. So you had a harmonic convergence, melodic resonance. And then the third one is in 2027, seven years from now. And um, that was, I call that rhythmic symphony. And so these three harmony, melody, rhythm, you know, you have three kind of in- incredible shifts in the basic architecture of being of life on our planet. And, you know, it never happens. They're all one shift in in a way, but they're just kind of triggers in the process. And it very rarely happens that at that date, anything occurs, right? Because they're markers, They're, they're markers in evolutionary scale, they're markers inside us, genetic markers in a way um at an evolutionary level because there are shifts that occur over these time periods and um in a way now we're kind of moving into this last cycle towards the 2027 shift and it's it's the end of a kind of cycle that began um i think it was 256 years ago with the discovery of pluto I think uh, no no not no that's not correct but it is to do with the transit of the planet pluto um, which takes 256 years that's what it is to go around the sun but it is very much connected to this these long term transits of outer planets and the rhythms that they represent in consciousness and um so we yeah we're approaching a kind of doorway a portal um and, and we're kind of by the time you get to that date 2027 that kind of there's a door that's closed in a way and that means that a lot of the old material on the planet the old genetic material the old ways the old structures then begin their kind of process of kind of decline Mm -hmm. you know and so Mm -hmm. we're really going to see a change i would say from that period and in the next seven years we're going to see the kind of an unravelling, you know, I would say of, a, of, of, a, of some stitching, you know, that has, that has held up our society for a long time. Yep. And that's going to be frightening, you know, for many of us, because mm-hmm. the things that we hold dear, that we've kind of got used to slowly one by one, are kind of starts, kind of, you know, it'll be gradual in the beginning and then probably pick up pace, I imagine. So, you know, what we're seeing now is just the beginning of that process. Um, And I I think it's important to kind of just be really anchored and be calm and be prepared. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, you don't have to go out and sort of buy a bunker or anything (laughs) like that. It's Mm. more, it's instead of building a bunker, build community. That's, that's really what's important is find Mm. your Mm. people that you Mm -hmm. really connect with and build bridges in your community to those people. Yeah. And, um, you know a lot of us are going to have to contemplate seriously you know our lifestyle and like the thick because the thick you know the 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 patterns that hold us up are so flimsy you know these supply chains that we are reliant on are so delicate that it's that we that, that we take them for granted but you know they're not going to last forever and because it's not sustainable so I think it's going to be really interesting as we contemplate more how, you know, what is it I need to do to, in my life? What do I need to change in order to kind of find that sustainability, you know, to find that support around me mm-hmm. so that I be- mm-hmm. we begin to feel we begin to live more lightly. Yeah. You know, we begin to live in a simpler way. I think those, those are really important questions. Mm. And, and as you know, probably like a big part of Gene Keys and my teaching is called the art of contemplation. You know, that we have to very carefully consider things, take our time. We don't, we mustn't react too quickly. When you react quickly out of fear or anger or whatever it is, you tend to make bad decisions. So When we pause, when we give space, when we contemplate things over time, things come clear. And, you know, the more and more lucid we become, the more, you know, we make calm decisions and they're usually the right decisions. So I think, you know, more and more people are going to kind of find that view really interesting and in terms of, and very practical. Like,
0: Mm.
1: what do I do now? What do I do next? We don't need to rush out and do anything. We don't need to right now. Like there's a lot of panic on the internet. Like hey, maybe, I make, maybe I can make lots of money now. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> totally. like, just,
1: just get everyone calm down, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like use this time to go within because that's the most beautiful, powerful thing. Because mm. this is what our next phase of evolution is about going within. And we need to find these pathways inwards so that we find these deep wells of calm and lucidity. And out of that, we can make the right decisions, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as we go ahead, whatever comes our way. So I think mm-hmm. in a way that's, mm-hmm. that's what the real gift is that's, in these times.
0: Yeah. 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 I completely agree. And that's also, that's also the the real challenge for many nervous systems that have been entrained with, with, you know, with fear reactivity and stress and, and, and anxiousness and paranoia. I mean, prior to this ever happening, there were plenty of paranoid (laughs) uh, ideologies and stuff spreading throughout the matrix. So this is just like, just such a, such a prime, um, it's like an amplification and a triggering. And, and um, I, I would love to get your, if you have any particular practices and I, and I also want to, I mean, this is like a two built in question. Any particular practices that you use, or that you can recommend people to soothe their nervous system, to soothe if a, if a trauma or a pain point or a stress stress fracture starts to arise, you know, because it's because it's one thing to listen to the interview, but when that thing arises, it it, it critical thinking and logic and all that great stuff. It's it's all of a sudden that goes out the door and then and sometimes it can be like a panic or an uncertainty it can feel like the world's coming to an end even though everything is as it was moments before right so there's that of like what somebody can do to to breathe in and soothe the nervous system so they can process that 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 trigger or whatever um and then also with that said is i know we're, we're coming to the the cap off of the interview with that said how can somebody also use the gene keys within, within this time? I'll just, I'll just complete the question on that note.
1: Yeah. Thanks Ronnie. Um, well, if it's like a, a kind of one of those emergency moments, yeah, where, where things really get on top of you, uh, in terms of anxiety, um, the thing that I would recommend is like it, it's to take your hands, both your palms, and place them on your belly. You know, it's the, the belly is the place, it's the kind of cauldron, you know, where the alchemy takes place in our body. And it's also, you know, the solar plexus is the place where, you know, it's the source of who we are in there. And and for many people, it's a difficult area of the body where, where there's a stress. So when you place your palms on your belly, and you just gently, Maybe you can just, you can like move them gently in a circle or you can just hold them there. It's like your mother holding your tummy, you know, it's like your mother reminding you that you're safe and you just breathe gently into your palms and you begin to, you know, you can, like I said, you can circle gently. Sometimes that feeling of touch can be very deeply reassuring. If you do that for like 10, 15 minutes, probably your breathing will start to kind of come drop deeper because it'll come down into your belly, even unconsciously without you kind of knowing. And then you'll start to kind of feel more yourself again. um, And the panic will subside. And there are other things you can do as well. Like at the same time you put on some music that you really love, or you could listen to a speaker who makes you feel very reassured or those kind of things. And, I, by the way, provide all kinds of reassuring resources on Gene Keys, and I've done a whole load of free stuff on YouTube. And I really make an effort, and it's not an effort, but it's for me, but it's like I really put a lot of reassuring things out there. Um, and a lot. Of, some of my stuff is set to music as well. So I do these meditations and these journeys that really kind of remind you that all is well (laughs) um even if it seems not and so the combination of doing those kind of things can be really reassuring and softening because you're remembering to be gentle with yourself again this is just that reminder like be gentle with yourself like and and by touching yourself and on your belly like it's really reconnecting with the source of who you are Mm -hmm. and i've got um you know so I really if anyone's interested to know more about my work, then my YouTube channel has loads of really nice things um gene keys and um also on my website there's a i think you've got a link you might post like res- free resources for turbulent times and I put out this uh, meditation on the equinox that was really popular and um had like maybe twenty five thousand views and it's an audio meditation set to Haunting music. It's a journey. It's about forty minutes, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it takes you into the background of this time, right? And it takes you through this kind of journey of what it's really all about. But not going. It's more mythic. So it's it's yeah. it soothes the unconscious. It answers mm-hmm. the right brain, the holistic view, rather than like worrying about the details and <laughs> of what you know. It just takes you into the kind of what's behind this time, you know, and that. Uh, and so, I, I've, many people have found that very useful. And, um, and of course, my, you know, the other thing I'd say, like, if people click click on the, that link to Turbulent Times, and scan down, there's all these resources. Uh, you know, we're a global community working with the Gene Keys, and we're all around the world, and there are thousands and thousands of us, and we're working deeply with this material: personal transformation, group transformation we 're very supportive. We speak lots of different languages um, and we 're a very rich, kind of loving community who do, who are doing these programs together to unpack some of the trauma and to support each other in that process of transmutation and also offering each other you know um, kind of friendship and um you know that kind support and it, it you know and uh you know so we I have a i put out a lot of stuff as you know Ronnie like I have a mm-hmm, newsletter that's mm-hmm. every week that kind of details this is the theme of the week and you know based on the mm-hmm. the kind of the 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 patterns of the 64 and what's moving through this week and then I put out all these resources. So I'm I'm like pr- fairly prolific in that sense of just offering um techniques and Voice, a voice of like, you know, it's all going to be fine. (laughs) It's it's all going to be fine. I mean, that was what you know. It's strange being the carrier of that, but you know, for me, this all began in 1996, and I had this deep mystical experience, as you probably know. And and Mm -hmm. for three days, I was in this light field of like expanded transcendental consciousness, and out of that came the gene keys eventually. But in that state. I kind of just had this, I just, you know, it's like the difference between being awake and asleep, you know, mm. once you've woken up mm. in that mm-hmm. sense, you've never go back to sleep. Yeah. And this part of me has ever since then had this cellular certainty. I know where we're going. I know it. I know it in every cell of my being. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. I speak mm-hmm. to people, I come from that place of like yep. knowing yeah. and I, and you have to find your own knowing. But like sometimes when you hear it from someone else who really resonates with it, then it can be a reminder and a trigger that all will be well, all is well. And even though, you know, I don't know how we're going to make this transition the how I've not been shown, but I have been shown the what, you know, it's happening. Mm -hmm. It will happen. It's, it is destined. Um, And so, but I can't prove that. I'm, I'm, I, I just know it. I don't need to prove it. Right. So, I kind of, I encourage people to remember that for themselves, um, because I, I, I feel that each one of us has that place inside us where we know that this is all divinely orchestrated. We've been here before. We've done this before. You know, there's a place in our consciousness when we expand broadly enough, if we can expand to that very high place, we actually remember beyond the form, you know, it's like we Mm -hmm. remember. Mm -hmm. And so we no longer fear death Mm -hmm. because we know it's an illusion. And therefore we can sit as a witness to the theater as it unfolds with all its horrors and ecstasies, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can Mm -hmm. hold all of that and we can be strong with all of that. And we can offer solace when we need to, and we can offer support and kindness and to ourselves and others. And that's, that's what we need to do now, really Mm -hmm. just to be centered. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's been my sense this whole time. And, um, you know, I feel like in the grand scale of what you're talking about and also what other people are talking about, whichever narrative or particular perspective you may choose to narrativize or, or let's say illustrate the storyline of what may be unfolding. Cause there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of narratives. There's a lot of information. So it's kind of pick your own, pick your perceptual choose your own perceptual adventure kind of thing going on. And, um, you know, I, I, I just really, yeah, the, the, the sense of centeredness centricity was the thing that really came up strongly for me. Like I want to be an advocate for centricity remaining centered within your being, and you, you, you mentioned knowing, and that's a very interesting thing to say because that has been the spontaneous evolution of my own sense of whatever I've been reinventing myself into or what's been reinventing through me. It's definitely a sense of knowing. It's not a sense of thinking or conjecture or hypothesizing about you know trying to soothe my uncertainty with some idea or or like you know projecting some fantasy in the future of like oh it's all just white light and god's coming down to save us or the ets or something yeah. and and yeah. so i can, so i feel better it's not it's, actually it's it's not that i feel better or not it's actually uncomfortable some days because the knowing forces me into action that otherwise i may not have taken so it's it's an interesting dynamic and it's an interesting experience to be in that knowing like you said because that knowing comes from the center it comes from my solar plexus it's it's not up here it's not a it's not a phantasm of my mind trying to make myself feel better because I don't know what's going on it's it's this sense of like I I get the theme I get the mythic chord of remembrance as Michael Beckwith has said like and and that's the last thing I just want to mention just as you as you said like there's a mythic perspective. This is, this is mythological. This is not logical. This, this is, this is, this has been done before and it's in our DNA and um, and it's all coming up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, actually at a mythic level, you know, we're in a romance, we're in a grand romance at at some mythic level and uh, you know, what story, you know that we you know we we resonate most with stories of redemption and atonement you know that's what they, that is the human resonance you know the chief resonance it's why all our movies or you know 90% of our movies and films and books have that and if they don't have that we feel kind of cheated you know
0: <laughs> that's so true it's and, so true and,
1: and 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 because that is deeply embedded in our DNA. It's not just hope. That is who we are. That is what the universe is. Universe is, is a kind and compassionate universe. You know, it, it does push us through some horrendous experiences, but it gives us at the end, this atonement, this redemption. And that's why all our myths and our storylines contain that redemption, all the, all the really great ones, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and because that's, that's where we're going. That's who we are. You know? So yeah, right. It's not a, it's not a made up mental thing. It's a, it is a responsibility knowing, remembering, um, because then you're like, Oh God,
0: jeez,
1: how am I going to live now? People, you know, how will people, (laughs) you know, I can't hide it
0: (laughs) And, and, and some people will react to it. And,
1: um, but you, you have to live your truth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Beautifully put in just a beautiful bow to tie on this. And that, that, that one thing right there is just so important, you know, um, reclamation atonement the these ideas like the the falling from grace and the rising from the ashes and this is something Nick I can't remember if we we went into this in our interview the three of us you me and Nick good I'm sure we did he's talked about it many times it's something that I've really felt the 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 mystic th- thread of in my being whether it's from a movie or just my own life experience this fall from grace and judging myself every step of the way down and smacking on the ground and all the, the life or all the, the energy coming out of my body, laying there, staring up into the sky, um, and then also feeling the grace come through me once I've been emptied out of, you know, so to speak, and and then rising from the ashes as a reborn kind of a reborn me. Um, this mm. is something all of us, I think, is 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 part and parcel to the human experience. Um, in that, in that sense of, and maybe the just kind of the last thing, um, as I said, all that is, you, you, I'm going to tie it back down to the compassion thing. And so, there's also this self judgment component as we're falling or making a certain descent. There can be a lot of self-judgment and self-criticism coming up, especially for me. And I'll just give you a very quick example. When this all happened, I had a little bit of self-criticism, which was like, you didn't prepare for this. You've been hearing that there's going to be an economic crash. You've been hearing for years. You've known this actually in your belly that this is inevitable, but... I squandered my time here or there. I didn't take it seriously, whatever the thing was, and now we're here, we're not in a great situation. However, so I so I felt that, right? I felt all that. Now luckily I didn't sit with it. I went down the rabbit hole for eight days to medicate myself, perhaps. And then once I came out of that, I I I felt the 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 feeling of grace, got into action, turned the whole boat around, and then brought myself and, and my my immediate family back into, back into a sense of stability. But I felt that experience and I can only imagine that there's a lot of other people that may be feeling that a little bit more um, intensely. Yeah.
1: Well, the universe is quite compassionate in some respect because it's actually giving us, you know, a chance to get it right, you know, and and so that's a great learning that you've just Mm -hmm. shared, you know, and for many of us because, the next time the next hit comes, you know, we need to be more ready. And so we can use this time as preparation for that. And, um, and, and I think we should, you know, that's what I said, like, contemplate carefully, your lifestyle, how you're going to, you know, you don't need to react. You don't need to like hide yourself away somewhere. You just need to, the most important thing is to connect with others to connect, to build community, to build these like friendship connections. So we get support around us and that, and then the clearer decisions will come from this kind of diamond self that we have inside us, you know, but that that requires that we go inside regularly in order that we can connect to that inner light and not be too distracted by the many kind of Mm crazy opinions and views and machinations and things that are going on out there right now, because that's just the, the mass kind of anxiety manifesting through all its different storylines. You know, what if, what is, what is, what is, what if this, what if this, what if that, what if it was these people, what if these people are doing that? What if this, you know, all that kind of Mm -hmm. mania and those, you know, stories and that's not the real story. The real story is deep inside us if we can find that inner light it doesn't matter what's going on out there yeah. it doesn't matter we know exactly how to respond to it from this inner light so that i guess that's my kind of mm-hmm. my most important thing is like really to use this time to go inward and find that place of inner light so that we we can out of that serve the serve ourselves and serve those around us
0: mm. That's, that's extremely beautifully put. And um, that just, you know, and it's, it's like, it may seem voluntary. It may seem like a voluntary thing. Like, oh, I'm going to choose to do exactly what he's talking about. But I just want to suggest that there is a collective COVID ayahuasca ceremony going on in the world right now. And some of us got the first wave, maybe the medicine was a little more fast acting in some people than others, but I just suspect that this is going to make its rounds. And so this isn't necessarily something that you even have to choose, it's something you have to feel into, in other words, to allow, right? And I think that's part of your work too, is like there's this piece about allowance, like like we've permissioned the world that we live in, nobody did it to us, we're not victims, We've all collectively permissioned through many different ways our lifestyle and, and the, the greater lifestyle of the world and the, the things that maybe we have sought as problems. So now we get to re-permission something else, but it does take some kind of medicine ceremony, however you want to interpret that, for a healing to happen or a bridge to be crossed from one, one stage of the, the game to another.
1: Yeah, you know, I, think you, at that. I think we use, you know, whatever kind of techniques and means that we, our spirit feels drawn to. And, um, you know, for instance, that has not been part of my path, ayahuasca. And um, uh, I haven't, re- it just hasn't been part of my path. What do I need to say more than that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my path has been being uh, really being a family man being a father.
0: That sounds like a med That sounds like, that yeah. sounds like and, <laughs> a, and, nice and, and a householder model.
1: and a husband. And, mm-hmm. you know, those traditional models for me yeah. have been yeah. my edge. They have given me mm-hmm. the kind of mm-hmm. the integration that I need to kind of test my metal, you know, in life. And so there's many different mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. that diamond light inside. Yeah. Um, and uh, whichever way kind of Usually, the way that's come to you is the best way. You know, it's the way that's there, it's naturally. Yeah. So, yeah, I trust yeah. in trust in what life delivers.
0: Yeah, that that's beautiful, and and ayahuasca has definitely been something that has come to me, and and, and it's also something that I've also integrated as well, and it, and it's yeah, it's and powerful. I, yeah, and it's it's my own it's my own part of my shamanic journey. But I'm I'm 34, going on 55, so I, I got I got a little bit of a road. Ahead of me, and and I, and I appreciate what you just said. It's it's really like letting life be the, and that was the point. Like life is the medicine, and we're going through some form of a medicine ritual, ceremony, initiation, uh, and uh, to allow, and just to allow it, just to allow. And I'm speaking to myself, by the way, whoever's listening. That I'm looking at, I'm literally looking at myself right now in the in the camera. Like I'm I'm speaking to myself just as much as I might be to any of you, and I just want to say. Well, I just want to say thank you to you, Richard, like really just gratitude and graciousness. Um, yeah, you you just one of those individuals, I feel and I've had enough interactions with you this is the fourth time we're doing doing this. So I've gotten to feel your heart and your embodiment and your sense of stability and also your, your softness as well, which is a unique combination, um, particularly in the masculine template of our world to um, to to connect with another individual who who really embodies this 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 masculine stability but is also very soft and gentle and patient and I think these are the qualities um, that really are defining our time or defining like what the appropriate response is right now so I just want to thank you for continuing to be that role model and bringing the gene keys to all of our awareness and so with that said, um i i shared uh that that turbulence uh turbulence link in my facebook uh facebook comments for everyone live everybody in youtube that's in the comments podcast it's in the show notes uh richard is there anything else you'd like to share or um
1: i think that's great for now i think okay. just keep it to one thing so in there there's a there's a there's an invitation to explore further and whichever way you feel drawn so yeah Thanks, okay. Ronnie. It's been really lovely talking to you again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Likewise, nice feeling your heart as well, and that you're kind of firmly on your path, and you're a humble man. And I really appreciate that as well. Mm. It's like you're really willing to like own, own, you know, the mistakes you've made, and like kind of pull yourself up and move on. And yeah, I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, well, the, the feeling is mutual. I appreciate yeah. that more and more these days. So thanks. <laughs> Thank you, um, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. Just an incredible opportunity, incredible conversation. I really, really hope and suspect that it supported you wherever you are in this exact movement moment, moving on to the next. And um, that's it for me. So blessings and aloha to everyone out there. And um, please also please check that link out for resources for a turbulent time. So you have what you need to maintain the right perspective for you to stay stable, centered, and in balance. All right. Much love and aloha.